Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. This is a slightly different podcast. It's sort of a combination of a call-in show and a, a, a friendly chat, and it involves a long-time listener and a very generous donator who has some issues in terms of falling in love and some fear of women, uh, which arises from specific incidents in his past, which we don't really get into this podcast, but I thought that it might be worthwhile and this listener has very kindly and very generously allowed me to release a private conversation so that the sort of philosophical cross-examination in a positive and I, <laughs> I like to think benevolent way is uh, put forward so that you can have some sense of how these conversations might go. Uh, I spend a fair amount of time, of course, interacting with <laughs> myself and my microphone and a little bit with people on the boards. But with the boards, there's always a little bit of time pressure because I don't want to spend all the time on one person when there are other people queued to speak. So I wanted to have the opportunity for you to listen to a philosophical conversation about a particular emotional issue just so that you could see how these kind of conversations go. And, uh, of course, if you are a generous donator, I'm more than happy to have these conversations with you as well. And uh, I hope that this is of help to you. And, again, thanks so much to a listener for bearing his soul, not just to me, which is, of course, always a great honor, but uh, to to you as well. And so thank you so much to this gentleman. Uh, one other thing, we do mention another listener uh, whose name is Nate, who had a breakup, and we talk about that breakup in the context of it being a justification for not pursuing love to see people who have had a bad breakup. Uh, it is no massive disrespect, of course, to this gentleman. It is really only brought up as a good example of how seeing the suffering of others when they fail to achieve something that we want but are also afraid to achieve can also uh, cause us uh, some some comfort, but it's a, not a very positive comfort. So uh, without further ado, this is the conversation about love and fear and women. Thank you so much for listening. So, yeah, so what what was on your mind? Are you are you Now, you said that I knew what it was that you were talking about, and unless I'm the worst friend on the planet... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so you may be giving me more credit than I deserve. Well, and I guess that really wasn't fair either. I mean, you probably read, you know, 500 emails a day or something like that. But no, uh, um, uh, and I, I actually have, I've, um, I'm reconsidering that. Having a discussion, I don't know if uh, um, if we if anything productive could come out of that. Out of um. what? The truth. <laughs> now, there's this podcast series called Free Domain Radio that kind of focuses on the truth that might be worth you listening to. I've got a real cool laptop which has you know about eighty percent of its storage taken up with this guy's rambling. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I could send it to you. But, but I, I don't know if... Um, do you remember the, the letter that I sent? Um, oh, what was that? Ask a Therapist 3? Way back at the beginning of November. Uh, remind me? The, the one about... Um, How to put it? 
The one about my trouble with women. Right, 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 right. Now, where, where are you in that whole thing? I mean, as far as, um, uh, as, far as that goes, I know that uh, there's always this massive incomprehension on the board when it's like, eh, relationships that are not for me, when you watch everybody else smash up on the highway and you say, I don't actually need to drive anywhere. So given that everybody gets smashed up, why bother going? Uh, there still seems to be this, you know, people who just, I don't know, people don't know, people who don't date. I certainly know people who don't date. And um, so, so where are you at with that stuff these days? Yeah, and I think maybe that's why it's not worth um, the time and trouble of having that conversation. Cause... Well, it, it all, but it's all, it's all uh, dependent on your desires, right? I mean, like if, right. if you could sort of wave a, a magic... Like if I could wave a magic wand and get cancer, I wouldn't do it, right? Because it's just a uniformly negative thing for me. But uh, if, if you could wave right. a magic wand and have a, a relationship uh, that was, you know, I guess loving or romantic or sexual, whatever, would you do it, right? I mean, that's, that's the real question. Because if it's something that you want, that, but you don't know if you can get it or you don't know, or you don't want what everyone else has, then that's one thing. But if it's just something you don't want at all, like that's the way your life is structured, then I agree that there's not much point. But if you have doubts about it, then it probably is worth talking about. Well, I guess, I guess the easiest way to, to answer that question is to say that I didn't have doubts. Ah, tricky. Until, until you heard about how well Nate was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, hey, if I could get me some of that mental torture, oh, oh man, that's Jesus good stuff. Christ. Actually, Christina Prickstick did that about two and a half months ago. All right, and then in between that, all the turmoil that's going on in that apartment, it's like, jeez, dude. So um, that obviously isn't what made you reconsider. Was there something else? Well... There, there are. I mean, when when that comes up as a topic, there are times when I mean, I just get really angry and impatient, and I, I like the Sunday show. This last Sunday show, I almost, I almost dropped out of it because I, I just couldn't listen anymore. Uh, yeah, tell me, tell me more about that. I, uh, I was quite interested in that as a, as a response. I mean, and, and you could well be right, but, but tell me more about what you think. Or what you thought of that. Oh, well... I, I, I guess what it comes down to is pretty much what I posted which was um and and I have I have no idea why that should bother me to the extent that it did but uh, I mean you you start the conversation off um presuming a certain starting point you know and um I'm, I guess I'm wondering why that is. 
And sorry, what was the starting point that we started off with? Well, I, I mean, it was implicit, really, in in the fact that um, you were addressing people's um, specific concerns about relationships they were already in, right? So yeah, for sure, or signs to to look for around the next thing that uh, the next relationship they might get in, for sure. So, so the the the, the assumption is. That that's already an operating principle. And right? sorry, what the, the, are... the fusion thing? Yeah, all of that. That's what I'm saying. Is all of that kind of presumes that people are already that that's already uh, something they're working on. Right. Oh, I see. Which I, I think I understand what you mean. Rather than saying. If you're doubt about the value of relationships at all, here's some things to think about. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Right. Right. And and hearkening back to the beginning of our conversation, uh, I I never used to have doubts, but um, in fact, I was pretty certain what I wanted, but um, of course this this whole conversation has a has a way of un unraveling all of those um, certainties right you know and so I, I guess I was uh, expecting uh, Well, not expecting, but just wanting the conversation to go in a different direction, I guess. Well, and, and I think yeah. you were entirely right about how people were being about the conversation. I mean, you, you get all the attention in the world when you're talking about government and, and economics and all that, right? Because people can dig into those topics without feeling a personal stake or personal responsibility in it. But when you start to talk about relationships... Uh, people um, regress, right? And you could see that going on in the chat window where they just started making goofy sexual jokes and, and all this kind of stuff. And of course, this, what we were talking about on Sunday was much more involved in their personal freedom than anything to do with the government or this, that, or the other, right? But, and, and, and simply because <laughs> exactly. of that, people just got kind of, and, and uh, where, where there is real issues around freedom and responsibility and something that you can actually get done then uh, people get kind of goofy, right? And uh, so, I, I mean, I, I certainly felt uh, and understood your irritation with regards to that. And uh, that, of course, doesn't say uh, a lot. Though, of course, th there's a reason we're tackling this stuff a little bit later on in the series, right? So people have some ideas right. down before they get defensive. But I think that defensiveness was also interesting. And you picked up on that, I mean, I thought very well. Right. And I, and I, I guess I'm... I'm... Not exactly uh, innocent of uh, getting goofy either, but... Well, but you had the grace to get irritated about the goofiness, right? I don't think other people even really notice it. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, listen, I, I, I mean, I that is a good thing. I that as grace. But... No, it is. It is. It, it's a good thing. You know, irritation is a, it's a very important part of... Uh, for me, at least, it's a very important part of personal growth, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. So when it comes to, to thinking about, like thinking about sort of um, a, a romantic relationship, 
what what is it that makes it i guess even remotely appealing is there any like is do you want kids or is it the the sort of companionship or uh, the 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 physical intimacy or or what is it that uh, uh that works for you or or that entices you in that area or is interesting to you well well i guess uh I, I guess the the um, the the companionship element of it, right? Like a sort of permanent, built-in best friend kind of thing. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I guess you could put it that way. How would you put it? Um, well, I I don't know. <laughs> I would put it. Um, well, but it's important because I mean, you can get great stuff from friends, right? You can get, I mean, you can get great stuff from friends who live. If you want to, you know, friends who live with you and so on. But uh, as far as romantic relationships go, there's there's difference, right? So, if it's sort of the the best friend aspect that works for you, then you can get that without uh, romantic the romantic side of things. But if it's if it's a family or a sexual relationship or whatever, if that's an important aspect for you or something that would be uh, an enticement, I guess, then no, that, it, that's a different kind of thing. And see, that's that's when I start getting kind of mixed up because I I think that that would work just fine, you know, if you know a, a, the 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 best friend angle of it and that that would be sufficient right right without sort of the romantic relationship right i mean i i i could live without that right for sure i mean we all can right it's not like food or water right exactly but it's an enticement right it's a, it's a, it's a i would say i mean it, for for a lot of people and this is where it's important just to know what your heart wants, right? I mean, just so it doesn't mean that you have to go and get it, uh, but, you know, it's important that you know what your heart wants, right? So if you don't get it, at least it's a choice, right? But um, uh, is that sort of the whole package kind of thing where you get uh, the love, the companionship, the physical affection? Because, I mean, sex is just a subset of the physical affection, right? The, the, the cuddling or whatever, the hugging. And if that's something that... Uh, that you like, right? Or that's then then that's not something you're going to get w with a roommate very easily, at least without a fair amount of slapping and comments. But um, uh, if that sort of if the whole package thing is of interest to you, then it's just the only thing to know is is is, is it something that you want? And if it's not something that you want, like if it, is it something you want, regardless of of the risks or the costs associated with it, right? So if if you want a million dollars, then you want a million dollars. Now, if you then say, well, I don't want to play the lottery and I don't want to work. 80 hours a week for five years, and I'm also not, you know, I don't want to befriend elderly people without children to get their inheritance or whatever, then all, all that you know then is you know you want a million bucks, but you don't want to do what is required. But the first thing you have to do is figure out if you want the million bucks or not, or whether that's something that you, you'd want at all. And see, that that's just it. I, I don't know if I want it or not. And, 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 and and it's happening again, and this is why I didn't want to talk about it because I'm getting tense and 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 angry and excellent, and excellent. That means that we're onto something. That's good stuff. I don't know why. Why you're getting tense and angry? 
Because yeah. I mean, I would it's guess. It's not like I, you're saying anything aggravating, you know. Well, it's sure just... I am. Sure I am. Because you're saying I don't know if I want something, and I know that you do want something, right? I mean, and whether you're getting that unconsciously or not, that's that's where I'm leading you, right? I mean, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, I don't want to be manipulative or anything, but um, without a doubt, you feel ambivalent about this, right? I mean, nobody can look at the possibility of a deep, passionate. Uh, loving companionship, friendship, sexual relationship, and say, no, that's not for me. Right? I mean, if, if I could wave a wand, so to speak, and, and get that for you, uh, you wouldn't say, Steph, you bastard. Right? <laughs> what have you done to me? I mean, you wouldn't, right? I mean, you may say that there's lots of risks associated with getting that, and people do, like, bad or wrong things or whatever uh, in that, and it, it you know, doesn't work or whatever. But if it, if it is possible, then it, it is something that you would want. I mean, I mean who wouldn't, right? I mean, it, 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 it's a good thing. So, so, I mean, that's probably why you're getting irritated, because I, I'm guessing that you do want that, but you don't feel that it's possible. And, of course, there's many good reasons looking around the world as to realize that, you know, trying to find love can be like trying to save for your retirement by playing the lottery, right? Like, yeah, I guess it happens to one in a million, but it's not something you should really plan on. And you can torture yourself thinking that you can, right? Right, right, exactly. Right, so you do want it, but you just don't believe that you can get it, or that it's possible, or that uh, it's, uh, that the risk is is valuable, right? Like, it would be very exhilarating to throw yourself off a plane, and I guess it's possible that you would land... Uh, bounce off a haystack and into a snowbank and, and survive, but you're still not going to jump out of a plane, right? <laughs> right. I, I suppose. So the, the, the annoying thing about this conversation, uh, and I don't know if it's Christina's fault, mo- most of these things are, um, but uh, I don't know if it's something that you're saying, well, uh, it is possible, right? I mean, I certainly think that... that Christine and I have a, have a good marriage. So if, if you accept that it is possible, then that's kind of annoying, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like so, it's easier if it's not possible, right? So, so it, you're sort of uh, just being who you are is kind of implying to me that my presumption is wrong. Well, or that the odds, I mean, I don't think that you ever said all love, I mean, I don't know, maybe you did, that you, I don't think you ever said all love is, is a lie and, and it's all impossible and so on. But no, no, no. certainly the odds probably may have, may have changed for you a little bit. Seeing a, a sort of positive relationship in action, the odds may have changed for you a little bit. And, and without a doubt, that's really annoying. I mean, for sure, because it's like I had reconciled myself to this you know, it's like if you're going to live with a terminal disease and then somebody says, no, there's a cure. Well, that's kind of annoying in a way, right? When you've reconciled yourself to a particular condition and then it's like, oh, really? Like, I have to re-examine this again and uh, don't tell me I've got to get hope up and all this kind of stuff, right? And that's, you know, that's annoying. At least I, I can t- totally see how that could be. Right, and and the, the, um, the, the corollary of that was the sort of, Sick pleasure, I guess, in in watching Nate go down in flames. Sure, absolutely, because that that's a relief, right? That's right. a relief, it's, like it's the validation. 
Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, it's not it's not cruel or anything. I mean, it's actually it's it's a kindness to yourself in a sense, right? Where you say, "Oh gosh, like I don't, I really don't want to have to go down that road for sure." And now that I've seen somebody else flying out, it's like great. Now I can retreat back into my hermit crab shell and not worry about going out there because there's nothing but bombs and shells and landmines out there. So. You know, although I may have fantasies of traipsing through the woods, that isn't what's actually going to happen. What's actually going to happen is uh, I'm going to get my ass kicked like everyone else who goes out into the love arena. But yeah, for sure. I mean, then then it's like, okay, so somebody else jumped out of the plane and went splat on the pavement, so now I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Right, but when someone jumps out of the plane and flies, that's really annoying because then it's like, oh, really, that's possible? Damn it. I've got to reevaluate this again. But let me find some other people who've splattered so I can go to the back of the plane and not think about flying. Right, right. And... That's not really fair to Nate either. In what way? Well, I mean, you know, because it'd be like laughing at a best friend who's just gotten into a car crash, right? Well, I don't think, I mean, I know what you're saying, and uh, I certainly do do understand that. But uh, the fact of the matter is that Nate... Uh, totally went against the advice of anybody uh, who had anything, any sort of smarts about stuff. I mean, I think Christina told him directly. I can't remember if it was privately or not. Like, you just got out of a relationship. Don't get into another relationship. Like, you need to process the mistakes so you don't just sort of go plowing along and uh, just have another smash, right? So it's the difference between somebody who gets into a car crash and somebody who's drunk driving and ends up in a car crash, right? And and it's not like he hasn't listened to 700 podcasts about integrity and virtue and value and relationships and this and that and the other. Right, and see, that, that that's something that, I mean, really concerns me. You know, cause, uh, and, oh, know. and he just defood. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a hell of a lot to process. Um, but uh, he's uh, he's got an insecurity about his value, and he associates his his value with sexuality, right, with being sexually attractive. So he goes for these younger women that, uh, you know, basically don't throw their ass from a hole in the ground. Not because they're dumb, it's just, you know, they're just 10 years younger than he is, right? And and right. not and as knowledgeable. And, you know, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, like, I'm dumb relative to who I'll be at 50, I hope. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he went into that against any decent advice, against anybody who knows everything, anything about relationship relationships so yeah it's like don't drive drunk don't drive drunk don't drive drunk he goes and drives drunk and says that he's having a great time and you know and then gets into smash up it's just a lesson he's gonna hope he doesn't have to learn it too many more times but and it's just it takes a while for people to integrate the philosophy into how they're actually living right but in a way though it kind of it scares me from the point of view that you know you start getting yourself mixed up in somebody else's life and then uh, to that level and, and then all of a sudden you can't remember what your own values are right and the, i mean that's one of the reasons why in the show we talked about warning signs before you get into the relationship so that you can avoid this kind of problem at least to some degree right so that's why we talked about here's what to look for before you end up getting involved with someone so that you don't get enmeshed with someone and then find out that they're crazy as, you know, bad gurnos. Right. So, so, so then, so then what exactly is the process? 
of sort of uh, trying to evaluate someone? Yeah. I mean, you can't exactly hand them a questionnaire. You know? Love smart. I mean, Dr. Phil is not bad on this kind of stuff, and it may be worth... Um, uh, he's got a book called Love... Uh, what is it? Love Smart. Love Smart, which is about how you can talk about values in a non-obtrusive way with somebody before you get involved with them to make sure that there's a compatibility kind of stuff. But, I mean, the first thing that I would do is, I mean, you've got lots of hobbies, and, and uh, you know, some of them will involve women, and, you know, go if, if you sort of go, I don't know, like badminton or something, whatever it is, right? then at least there's someone there who likes badminton, and that, that means some stuff about them that may be sort of helpful or, or important. And so there's just ways of, of being able to get involved in, with people uh, who, um, uh, who, can, um, uh, who can have at least some shared values, like they're sporty, they're outdoorsy, they're whatever. Whatever it is that's going to be similar to what it is that you do. There's that kind of stuff where you've at least got some sort of, they, 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 they've played in teams before, they, they have some social skills. I mean, that's one of the reasons why sports is not a bad way to meet someone, because at least you're not dealing with somebody who's, you know, a complete goth loner or whatever. And so there's just ways <laughs> to do it from that standpoint. But um, uh, it, it's tough, you know, when, when you're cutting edge, it's very tough uh, to, um, uh, it's very tough to, to find the right people. And certainly the weird thing is, is that if you're looking for someone, you don't find them. I mean, I don't know if that's true or that's just what it feels like, but, um, but that doesn't seem... Certainly the online dating, I think, is a, pretty much a disaster. But uh, a good way is just, just meet, meet people is, is through hobbies, through joining clubs or groups. You know, maybe you've always wanted to try learning how to cook Thai food or something like that. And maybe well, that would be something that you would do and then just chat with someone there. I, I can certainly tell you from experience, when you're not looking, you don't find somebody. For sure, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, if you're out there <laughs> consciously looking, you know, like uh, every every uh, every waking moment is, you know, I'm looking for someone to have my children. Uh, that's sort of a bit of the, and not to pick on <laughs> Nate, but I mean, he's just the most recent example of someone who, for instance, um, uh, is. Um, you know, it's like I, I must settle down. I must breed. I have no time left. Uh, I'm not getting any younger, uh, and my, you know, uh, my penis is lonely. So, I mean, if, you, if you're on that sort of approach, then, then the problem is your standards are too low. Uh, if you're not looking at all, then um, you're not going to find anyone for sure. But um, you can put yourself in sort of situations where you meet people. You just go to parties or, or uh, you go to, to a sports uh, event or take a cooking class or a photography class or whatever it is that, that is of interest to you. And that can be... Um, uh, that can be very positive and very helpful. And uh, then just be, just be receptive and curious in the same way that we try to be philosophically with regards to, um, uh, to, to somebody who may be of interest to you. That's all. I mean, uh, with the recognition that uh, finding somebody who's obviously exactly the same is, is not going to not gonna happen. I mean, certainly. But, uh, but it, before all of that, it's all just a matter of intention, right? I mean, if, if you say, I'm going to go out into the world and try and find someone to go out with so that I can prove to myself that love is possible, then nobody's going to want to sign up for that kind of experimentation, right? I mean, that's not going to be particularly right. Uh, pleasant, right? But if you say love is possible and I'm going to go out there and see if I can get me some, then I think that's quite, uh, that's quite different. That's quite different. Um, and then it's more of an invitation for somebody else, if that sort of makes any sense. And... That, I think, is sort of different, and that's why I sort of said the first thing you have to do is figure out what you want, and this is true in life in general. You figure out what you want, 
the destination is all, and then you can figure out sort of how it is that you want to get there, but the first thing you have to do is figure out uh, what it is that you want. Yeah, what do I want? And you can get it. I mean, I know that it's, you know, seems like a million miles away sometimes, but uh, you can definitely get it. I mean, if, if you sort of, it's like anything in life. Like you sort of have a plan, apply yourself, figure out what it is that you want, how to get there, um, you know, read up on it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you just, you, you can absolutely get it. If you want it, you can get it. And I think that's the big hump. Because you don't want to end up saying, well, I'm not going to go for love because love is an illusion and this and that. And then you sort of find out later in life that you were just insecure and you didn't think that you could get it. Uh, and therefore you said, well, you know, it's that sort of sour grapes thing. Who wants those sour grapes anyway, right? Uh, right? But if you say that you want it and you give it your best and honest shot, then if you don't get it, you at least won't have any regrets because you won't sort of have not tried. If, I mean, for me, the worst thing is always not trying. And I mean, I failed at so many damn things in my life. It's ridiculous, but I've never regretted the trying, I think. And I don't think there's anything I've wanted to try that I didn't try and just happened to fail at most of it. So, and I, I think that's kind of where, um, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I've pretty much just, I've cleaned the whole whiteboard off and I've started over from scratch. <laughs> in what and, sense? And, and, and I guess figuring out exactly um, what the hell it is I want to do with the rest of my life. Right, right. And and it, the great thing about this blank slate is you absolutely can write anything that you wanted there in terms of your goals. Right? I mean, if you want to say in two years or three years, I want to have a wife and kids, I mean, who knows whether you'll get them or not. But if that is your goal, that's going to help you to organize what it is that you do and where it is that you go and, and your your sort of priorities. Um, the, the deadline doesn't matter. It's the goal that matters. Well, you're right, but uh, if you say at some point in the future, then it tends not to prioritize anything for you, right? Like we tend to get our taxes done because there's a deadline, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like there's a thing that Dr. Phil says. He says it's kind of cheesy, but I think it's kind of true. He says he, he calls it project status, right? So he says if we say, you know, it'd be great if we painted the house one day. It's like, yeah, that would be great. Hey, what's on TV? But if you say, we're going to paint the house today, uh, you go get the paints, you go get the brushes, you do this, then it's, you know, it's project status. It's like, it's on, it's on the go, it's on the move, right? But if it's just, if there's no, if there's no sort of, and it doesn't have to be three years, it could be three days, whatever it is, but because, you know, you can get those mail order brides from uh, Uzbekistan, I think is, is hot these days. But uh, it, it is a little bit more than, you know, at some point it would be nice if. Uh, also, you know, neither of us are spring chickens, so it's not like I'm, you're 18 saying, you know, it'd be nice if someday, right? So uh, these kind, you don't want to be like the 70-year-old Anthony Quinn dad, right? So, um, <laughs> so right. I mean, but the first thing is to say, you know, if, if I could have it, would I, would I want it? And if I could have it, would I want it relative to other things, right? Because there's no doubt that, that having a marriage and, and having kids eliminates a whole bunch of other things, right? Everything in life is a trade-off, right? So if someone were to say to you, well, you can have a wife and kids, but you could never travel, or whatever it is, right? Knowing that there's all these different kind of options available in life, the important thing is to know whether you want it or don't want it. And then the second thing is to say, do I want it relative to the other things I could have if I didn't have this, right? Like, I want a million bucks, but I don't want to work 80 hours a week for five years. Right. Right. 
But the first thing is to know whether you want it or not, and then prioritize it relative to other things and so on. And then, uh, you know, really, uh, really, I, I, you really go for it. And I know that sounds like a weird thing. It's like, go, go get that bride and children or whatever, right? But, but you know, really say that this is an important thing for me. This is, this is something that I've decided is important in my life. And maybe three days from now, you sort of go, you know what, this, this totally sucks, right? Like, I was enthusiastic about this job, and then two months into it, I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. So, you know, there's no, no problem changing your mind. But, you know, the first and key thing is to figure out what you want and then aim to aim at that thing. And uh, you can always change your mind, but don't change your mind because you suddenly feel like you're not good enough to, to have love or, you know, oh, my childhood was too bad uh, to have love. Because, I mean, of course, that, that just means that the bad people win, right? That just, you, you end up broken and that's no good. Right. Well, how do you know what you want? Well, the irritation is the key. The irritation tells you all that you need to know. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in my mind, again, you can you know, tell, tell me what you think, but uh, in, in my mind, the irritation is, is everything that you need to know about this issue. So you're saying I only get irritated because really that's... Uh, it's, it's something I want, but I'm resisting it. Is that what you're saying? Or well, um, yeah, sure. I mean, the the irritation comes from uh, like if 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 I desperately wanted to take a submarine ride, and uh, but but I was afraid that I was going to get claustrophobia and freak out. I mean, if I had that kind of ambivalent conflict, like I desperately want to do something. But I'm totally terrified that I'm going to freak out and, I don't know, run like a fool, bang my head and, uh, on a bulkhead and die. Or whatever catastrophe I've got going on in my head. Then I'm going to live my life like submarines don't exist because I don't want to confront that anxiety. right? But then when someone calls up and says, listen, dude, I'm going to pick you up Monday morning at 9 o'clock and we're going to visit the Titanic on a tiny little submarine. How are you going to feel? <laughs> Uh, probably, um, terrified. Right. You're going to feel, and you're going to feel irritated uh, because there's time pressure. Uh, you want to do it, but you're not ready for it. And, and you haven't been preparing for it. And but you, you desperately want it, but you're desperately afraid that it's going to like kill you or something or whatever. Right. So, um, that is or you're uh, something end up like your parents. Right. Or, you know, I'm going to end up uh, horribly abusing children and then running around in my house and hitting my head on a bulkhead and dying or something like that. Right. So uh, so for sure, there's a great deal of desire because otherwise there'd be no irritation. Like I don't I actually would, would not want to go on a sub to visit Titanic. Right. So if somebody says, hey, you want to come on the sub to go and visit Titanic? I'm like, no, thanks. There's no there's no tension. Right. There's no irritation in that. Oh, I see. I see. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I mean, of course you desperately want it. And, and the other thing that I would say is that you know you can have it, because otherwise there wouldn't be irritation. Uh-huh. If some crazy guy comes and says, you know, strap on these wings, let's fly to the top of Mount Everest, I don't feel a lot of tension or irritation about it, because it's impossible. Right? And if you genuinely either did not believe in love or genuinely did not believe that you could achieve it or were worthy of it, there'd be no tension with you in in that area. Any more than there would be if somebody said, 
hey, let's go sign up to go to Iraq. You'd be like, no. <laughs> like, no. I mean, I have no desire to. In fact, it would be the worst thing ever. Uh, I don't feel any stress and tension about it because there's just no way that I would want to do it. And and you think that's all conscious or is that a conflict between conscious and subconscious? Well, I think that there's there's a surge of desire for you to, to achieve love, right? To have love, to have that in your life, romantic love. There's a surge of desire and like a hand reaching from the grave, you like pour more dirt on it, right? Because there's fear. So the, the irritation is like, what, damn it, can't you vampire, how many stakes through the heart does it take to kill this dream, right? But the dream can't be killed because the dream is, is something that you really want. Right, and... <laughs> and every time I listen to one of your podcasts, I'm I'm putting a shovel in the ground. Well, yeah, or you, the, the, yeah, I mean, the, the hand is, yeah, the hand is coming up, right? The true self, you want to be loved, right? I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You want to be loved. You want to have a permanent best friend, whether it's someone you have kids with or not. But you want to have a companion. You want to have someone with you when you grow old. And you want to live through that primal and joyful human experience of being uh, passionately and uh, totally in love with someone. I mean, who, who would say no to that, right? Uh, that million bucks comes with complications, and love occasionally does too. But for the most part, it's just joy, right? And so who wouldn't want that? Right. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense, would it? Yeah, I mean, that... that uh, so, so for sure you want it, and the closer we are to achieving something that we can have, but we're afraid of, the more tension we get, right? So the fact that you're feeling more irritated and more uh, stressful is, is... That's why I said that's good, right? I said at the very beginning, that that's excellent, right? Because if you genuinely did not believe that it could happen for you, or that you deserved it, or that it was possible... You wouldn't feel any any of that, and uh, I think at at another uh, on another level, I, I um, uh, not that I don't feel worthy, but I feel I don't know. Um, Oh, how to put it? I feel a kind of a sense of um, like like it's not something I should want, right? And by asserting it, I'm I'm it's. Uh, I'm indulging in a guilty pleasure. Uh, you mean like love is crack or I don't know bathroom stall masturbation or something, <laughs> or both? Uh, well, I don't know, right? Well, kind of like that, I guess. Uh, right. I don't know, like like it's not something you're allowed to think, you know? But allowed? You're not allowed to think that you can. That you want love, right? And and, and, and why? Uh, sorry, why are you not allowed to? Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it's, it's one of the reasons why 
I have so much trouble, I mean, even saying the word. And I love you, mean. Now, wh why is it that you're not allowed to, uh, to, to think of that? Are other people in your family allowed to think of that, or is this a general family thing, like we just don't use the L word? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I just. I don't know why I feel like that. What, did someone tell you that you, you, you weren't allowed to, to, to think of this or to have this? Well, not that I can remember, anyway. Uh, so, was it a decision that you made for yourself? Well, I think to a certain degree that's true. That and, uh, I just decided sorry, when I was, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 or 17, something like that, that... I didn't tell myself explicitly, but I just assumed from my experiences that it was just something that I wasn't going to be allowed to have. Right, right, right. Right. And so, um, arguing against that now is kind of like, um, um, Arguing with myself, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's assuming that you're not right relative to who you were and, and where you were in your life when you made that decision, right? Right. So who you were, let, let's just say that you were young when you, puberty is probably the time where it first began to arise for you as an urgent physical issue, as it did for all of us, right? <laughs> so um, at the age of 12 or 13 or 14 or whatever, you said to yourself, uh, that love is not for me, right? And, and of course, given the way that most relationships go at the age of 14 to 80 for most people, right? It, it was a perfectly rational and sensible decision, I think. Right? Right. right. I mean, well, that would be, you wouldn't go back and give yourself advice to the contrary and say, yeah, get involved with somebody who, you know, may be a complete mess and this and that, right? Oh my you probably God, wouldn't no. say... Go, go date and whatever, right? Because, I mean, that, that can just cause even more messes, right? So, and also you would say that, look, given where you are with your family history, given where you are in terms of your intelligence and your sensitivity relative to, um, uh, to everyone around you, there's, like, who are you going to date? Are you, would you sort of go back through your junior high school yearbook and say, you know, that woman was a real... Uh, a real that girl was a real cat. She would have been great for me. Um, there probably wasn't anyone like that because if there was, you would have befriended them, and that would have taken you somewhere, right? No, there was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think uh, that uh, I could describe that uh, the, my experiences as a <laughs> complete disaster. Yeah, no. slim pickings, total mess, and your fam And of course, you you had to preserve your self esteem, which meant don't get involved in. Like, ghastly, I mean, you, you were hanging by a thread, right, as we all were in those days, right? You were hanging by a thread. I mean, you had a, you were born a very intelligent and sensitive human being into a brutal and indifferent family who, you know, mocked and derided everything you did. I mean, we didn't have a lot of resources to go chasing women all over Hell's Half Acre, 
right? So, it, and and of course, uh, it would have been, may have been additional humiliation. And we, we recognize that we did not have the emotional skills to have positive and productive relationships. And we sure as hell knew that, that it was very unlikely that anyone who was a 13-year-old girl could teach us those emotional skills, or 15 <laughs> or 17 or whatever, right? That wasn't going to happen. You know, if we need to know how to apply blush and put on tight pants, we're fine. But if we need to know how to sort of mature and, and have productive relationships, they're not going to be able to help us, right? Oh, hell, like, I mean, I mean, you couldn't even talk to them. Right. Right, because they were mostly silly little things, right? A disaster. I mean, it, it, was, a, it, it was a complete... <sighs> It was not good. It was not good. Wait, let me just see if I can read between the lines. Not good. That's what I'm getting? How's that? I'm working on my psychic abilities. Well. So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, forget it. Uh, no examples. Forget it. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this, uh, this, uh, the, the, I'm not sure how it is that you were wrong. Right, so, why, why? Should that change now? Why should that change? Because you're not 13 anymore. Because you're really and totally not 13 anymore. But why is that relevant? Why is that relevant? Because you have learned an enormous amount more about yourself. You've learned that one of the main reasons that you were rejected was for your virtues. Right, so to continue to self-reject, you know that you were rejected for your virtues, right? You weren't rejected because you were some bunny strangler, right? Uh, you weren't rejected because you had all of these horrible vices that you were totally mean and, and you, you know, like uh, trod on kittens or whatever, right? You weren't, re you weren't rejected by your family and by those around you because you were a bad guy, right? You, you, or a weak guy or whatever it is you want to get. You were rejected because you were a smart and sensitive guy, right? And, and you were born into a particularly brutal tribe, right? I, I always think for some reason of your comment that your dad would, would make you do these endless stupid um, chores, right? <laughs> that just, just went on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, right? Yeah, that was uh, his favorite hobby. Right. And that totally sucks. He does that to himself. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. It's kind of creepy. Right. I spent an entire summer once uh, literally just sorting coffee cans full of nails and screws. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I did that when I worked in a hardware store, but I just got paid for it, right? I guess in one thing, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, this is this is totalitarian fundamentally, right? I mean, this is like everybody's description of every totalitarian regime on the planet is about, oh my God, did we ever have all of these endless stupid things to do? Right. Uh, this make work stuff. This is the day in the life of Alexandra Solzhenitsyn, right? It's just all this nonsense bullshit stuff that you've got to do for no reason, right? Build a fence and then tear it down. Dig a hole and then fill it in. Uh, no reason, right? So, uh, so you were rejected by your family, by by the girls, and so on, because you had value, right? It's like if 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 I don't know, like to take a silly example, if if Britney Spears won't go out with you, yeah. then you think, oh man, you know, that sucks because she's you know she's cute or whatever, right? So uh, I guess I, I don't lose her. 
Whatever, I, I, whoever it is, right? Whoever it is. Could be anyone. Okay, Reese Witherspoon. I don't know. Whoever it is that you find attractive. But let's just say Britney Spears for the fun of it, right? So Britney Spears won't go out with you and you say, oh, man, that, uh, that totally sucks because Britney Spears is this ultimate hottie or whatever, right? And then, uh, who, does she, uh, who does she get married to, right? Right, Kevin Fenderhead or whatever his name is, right? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so you threw me up for this guy? Yeah. And so th- this is the important thing. Who rejects us? I mean, it's painful and all that, but then we have to look at who they accept, right? Who, who, do, they, who do they want, right? Right. Uh, I, I'm no French chef, but I can smell rotten tomatoes. Right, but it still hurts to be rejected, right? But at some point we have to, and this is what you can do now that you're older, is you can judge the people who rejected you based on all of the evidence that you have, right? All the science, right? Scientific evidence. We're always trying to make sure that we don't get stuck in prejudice, but we're always going back to the evidence, right? So, you know, the people, uh, the people who rejected you, right? The, the, let's just say, right, the girls who rejected you, did they reject you because they were waiting for a true moral hero and you just didn't cut it? No, I bet you they married a bunch of total uh, fenderheads, right? You know what? It just occurred to me that to assert that I am implicitly condemning um, pretty much the rest of my family. Based on who they married? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, who did they marry? Who was their uh, highest value, right? They married women very much like my own mother. Right, who is stone evil and abused children, right? And this is exactly what their uh, wives are going to do, probably to a more subtle degree because you have to hide it more than you used to. Yeah. But uh, this is who they married, right? This is, these are the people who rejected you, right? If you get rejected by someone... For me, this is the only thing that kept me going during like 20 years of having my writing rejected was my writing would get rejected and then I'd go to the publisher and say, well, who is it that you really like as a writer? And they'd say, oh, this guy. And I'd go and buy the book or they'd give me a copy of the book and I'd go, this stuff is horrible. <laughs> like, I mean, it's well written. Usually it's well written, by, but, but the content of it is, is, is vile. Right. It's only you know, always about the ugliest sides of human nature and, and brutality and alienation and whatever, right? Everybody's dysfunctional and blah, blah, blah. That's one but of well, the this reasons is, why this... I can't stand reading modern fiction. Oh, yeah, no, I, you can't, can't pay me enough to read a modern, modern fiction book. And uh, so th- this is who they want, right? So of course they don't want me because they want this shit, yeah. right? Which, which is good. I mean, if they, if they said, we love your stuff, Steph, this is the best stuff ever, and... Um, and we also love this guy's. And this guy's stuff was, like, horrible. Like, morally horrible. I don't mean artistically, whatever, right? Then it would be like, ew. Like, this is a club I don't want to be in, right? <laughs> no right? doubt. No doubt. So, looking right. around, you don't want to, you know, having faced a life of constant rejection, as we all have, you don't want to look at that and say, well, the people who've rejected me, rejected me for good reason because they're good people. Right, because I didn't cut it as far as their high standards went. Right, because then you're condemning yourself. Yeah, and there's no... I mean, you can do that if there's good evidence for that, right? And then you can change, right? Right. But, but if you look at the relationships that people have, it's not like the, people who reje- the women who rejected you went on to have these great relationships with these, you know, Howard Rockian heroes. And it wasn't like the, the, the family that condemned you and the, 
the brothers who condemned you and rejected you and scorned you, it wasn't like they went on to have these great, noble, wonderful relationships and you just couldn't cut it. Right? They admired in all this crap. So to be rejected by them is kind of like a badge of honor, right? And that's why I say you don't want to make the decisions based on the environment that you had when you were 13. Yeah, that makes sense now. So, and that's, that's the torture, and that's why you feel this frustration, because you know that your knowledge has expanded, your circumstances have changed. You now understand why, or at least you have the capacity to understand why you were rejected, because of your virtues. And, yeah. and we know that virtue is required for love, right? Sure, sure. So you were rejected because you had the capacity for love, but then you ended up rejecting love. Well, why do you suppose? Is that because there was no other target, or what do you mean? Uh, I mean, why why would I do that, right? Well, what what was the alternative? With no evidence, with a uniform message coming from every direction with dependence upon your entire family structure, your school structure, your uh, church structure, your community structure, your extended family structure, would it have been rational to oppose all of that and, and call it sane? With no evidence, oh, without I... philosophy, without empirical... Then now you have philosophy and empirical evidence, right? I see what you're saying. So what was so the alternative? It, it made more sense back then, minus any other... Um, marker posts, it made more And given sense. your dependence, right? Primarily given your dependence, which until right. you defood was significant up until your 30s, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, so it made more sense to reject the abstract ideal uh, since I had no idea what it was or how to um, identify it than to reject the material reality around me. Well, yeah, I mean, look, look at the cost-benefit analysis, right? You would have had to, uh, first of all, you, you couldn't stomach much more humiliation, right? I mean, that's just, we only have a certain amount of stomach for that, right? You can't go on forever. So you would be setting yourself up in opposition to your entire community, your entire family, and, of course, what would everyone say? They'd say, oh, yeah, Greg's just all defensive because he can't get a date. Oh, he's just so high and mighty uh, just because he can't get a date, so now nobody should date and everybody's bad. Right? All, all that would have happened is that you would have been further humiliated if you had not taken the stand that you took. So in the absence of any evidence, in a uniformity of message coming from those around you, and with the fact that you couldn't stomach much more humiliation, it would have been self-destructive and masochistic to do it, and that if you had come up with this philosophy at that time without all the evidence you would have been mercilessly attacked and humiliated. Uh, I, I would have done exactly the same thing. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, that's the only rational course of action, I think. Uh, I've, had, I've had those things said to me before, too. So. Oh, and, and you will again, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's just natural. I mean, it's just people who, who can't think just attack, right? They just try and humiliate, right? Right. You know, what... <laughs> When your when your own father tells you that, then 
then, then right, you know it's look, pretty much over, you know. <laughs> right, you know it's over, but of course the, the the empirical evidence which you can process now is look at the witch he married. Oh, is okay. this is this the guy that you want to tell you that you're not, uh, you know, you're not going to get a great woman or whatever? It's like so your definition of a great woman is mom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Could I ask for any better? Uh, a better verdict from you than to say you're not going to get someone like mom. Well, actually, uh, thinking of it that way, that's kind of a relief. <laughs> you mean I don't get someone like dad or or uh, like mom, or I don't get someone like the women that your your brothers married? Right, that's the standard right. they have. Right, I mean, you don't right. have to have their standard anymore. And and that's kind of that's kind of the position I had taken up in my 20s and 30s, which was essentially, look, if if that's what love is, then fuck it, I'm not interested. Right, and then that is exactly right, and and that prevented you from, and this is when I, you know, when I say that you're very smart and very sensitive, and that you know all of this stuff deep down, and this is all just preventative strategies. This prevented you from getting involved with a woman and having kids with a woman and maybe not being a very good father. Oh, man, I would have been a disaster. Oh, my God. I mean, it's better that you should not live than you should harm a child, right? Exactly. Right, so, so what you did was entirely sensible. It was entirely the right thing to do. And now you can, you know, with the weight of maturity and the weight of evidence and all of the understanding that you have innately and that you've also developed in these and other conversations, you can make a decision for yourself based on the evidence rather than reacting to the power that other people have over you because by deforming, they don't have that power over you. You can make a decision, you can make mistakes without people giggling over your shoulder. And I guess that kind of explains the cynicism too. What do you mean? Well, you know, I, I stumble on, you know, your podcast, the, the boards and all that, and you're, you're prattling on about how fantastically, wonderfully joyous life is, and I'm going, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's heading for a fall. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to wait for the screech of tires and the thud of impact right now. <laughs> for sure, for sure, and that is, uh, I mean, that is a very natural reaction to something that you want. If somebody says to me, uh, I've decided to go and move to Morocco and become uh, a Muslim fanatic, I don't feel a, a lot of envy there, and I don't feel any... Because it's not something I want to do, right? There's no, there's no complexity in me. There's no unfulfilled yearning in me in, with regards to that. Because, it's, I mean, there's no, I have no desire. I might think they're an idiot, but I'm not going to feel like... It's not going to have any big, strong effect on me because I have no investment or desire in it. Now, if, on the other hand... I had sort of always felt that I could be a good speaker and do some good in the world. And then a friend of mine said, I, uh, I'm running this podcast and talking about ethics and this and that or the other. Then uh, to me, that would, be, that would cause a great deal of stress in me. If I was terrified of doing it, thought I could do it and that would be a good thing to do. Then as soon as I found out that somebody was doing it, that would be an implicit, an implicit demand upon me. And not quite demand. But it would be your, it would be your, your, it would be a, um, a, a test of your own resolve, right? Yeah, it would certainly, it would, uh, it would move something into 
the possible that I was constantly saying was impossible. And once it was moved into the possible, there would be an implicit... I would either have to act on it or give up on my desire. Because to have a desire that you don't act on is kind of like a torture, right? Right, and that explains the doubt. The... The doubt. That right. explains right. the doubt. That's uh, the, 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 the podcast is testing my resolve, my conscious resolve, where a subconscious desire has always been there. Yeah, and, and th- there is no doubt in you deep down. Otherwise, there would be no... There would be, I mean, deep down, you know that you're, that you're the only one in your family capable of love. Like, deep down, you know that you're the only one in your family capable of love. No, what I meant by doubt, though, was like at the beginning where you were asking, um, you know, is this something that I want? And I, or, or, you know, the, the, um, or that I didn't want, right? And, and I said that I was, I was certain until, right? Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Sorry, yeah, I jumped so, again. Got it. No, 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 no problem. I didn't mean to yell. No, no problem, no problem at all. No problem at all. So, so, so I guess the question becomes... When, when, when is it the right time to make a project out of this? Is it too soon? Well, um, the first thing that I would accept is that you've had a yearning for this that has sort of been mocked and derided and this and that and the other. You, you, have, you have a yearning for this. That, that you want this, and that you, you can have it, and that you deserve it, of course, right? And you earn it through virtue. And you're totally committed, <coughs> excuse me, to this process, right? And that's, that's, that's the requirement. You don't get love without that. So the first thing to, to recognize and to explore, in my humble opinion, is, is just, I, I do want this. I do want this. And then look at the history of Reject, rejecting the want for this and, and learn to understand why, right? Because what, what, what you don't want to do, right? This is in training for the Olympics, right? Love is, a, love is the ultimate the extreme sport, right? But what you don't want to do is to find that you find someone, you're attracted to someone, you enjoy chatting with that person, but then, you know, the dark and ugly waves of cynicism <laughs> roll over you, you know, in this black and oily wave. And, you know, kill, kill your spontaneity and your joy in the process, right? So you want to make sure that you deal with the cynicism as scar tissue and work it out so that your heart can be open, right? Because uh, like, like most of us who face this kind of rejection in your life, you can be a bit trigger-happy in terms of closing your heart or, or the cynicism can undermine you or the self-doubt can undermine you. So I would focus on that sort of process and that sort of history and, for God's sake, get a better therapist. And... That means that then when you do find the person that you won't end up with this, you know, horrible self-fulfilling prophecy thing where what happens is you say, well, love is impossible, right? And, and then that, that feeling evokes all of this darkness and cynicism within you. And then guess what, right? <laughs> love turns out to be 
sort of impossible, but it's the belief that makes it so. It's not objective. I can never pass, uh, I could never get a PhD, so I'm not even going to apply. Well, you know, that kind of makes it so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, desire is a funny thing. Desire does an enormous amount of, of good, and it doesn't, you know, this is, uh, fundamentally, it's not up to you, right? I mean, you, the actions of your heart are not under your control, as they're not under anyone's control. Um, and so you, you don't have any control over it, and this is the hard thing for philosophers to, you know, to, to, to get, right, because it's, it's annoying. But um, <laughs> you, you know everything that you need to know in order to get, uh, to, to get what you need. There, there's no uh, doubt that you can get uh, exactly what you need to get from all of this. Uh, and you, it's in your heart, right? The, the important thing to understand is your heart got you all the way through this, right? Your instincts got you all the way through this. And that is, point. you know, if they did all of that, I wouldn't try and second guess them, right? So it, this is really around letting control a lot of ways, learning about your history, learning to undo your defenses. But your heart is going to get you there, right? Your, your gut, your instincts, all of that, it got you this far intact in, in with the capacity for this, uh, for this change, for this growth. Um, I, you, you can't do better than that, right? Because if you'd have made the decisions consciously in the past, you would have made different, like you had to kind of be manipulated by your truth self through fear and defenses and frustration and irritation and so on, right? But you got exactly where you needed to get to. You didn't screw up uh, by getting involved in a woman and a family or you didn't end up heaping so much scorn on yourself that you gave up on any kind of human interaction, which can certainly happen, right? So you, you walked this incredible fine line where you I got to a point in your life, right? Came close to that a couple times, but never For quite sure, but, crossed but it. You, but you were saved by yourself, right? And, and your true self. And it's that aspect of yourself that you need to, I think, learn to, to rely on. And it's not the easy, but dying to help you, right? I mean, the, the true self is dying to help you, to give you everything that you want, right? Um, and that is uh, something. So the how do I do it and the kind of thing, uh, certainly, you know, learn to, to figure out the patterns that, that got you here and learn to recognize that it is something. Keep reminding yourself that it's something that you want, right? And it was, I do things as cheesy as stick a, a post-it on the m mirror when I go to shave in the morning, right? Like, I want X. Right? I, want, I want Freedom Aid Radio to be really successful, and success for me in Freedom Aid Radio is enough money to eat and uh, the price low enough and the donations voluntary enough that... I get tons of listeners because for me it's all about the listeners not about the money if I get enough to eat I'm happy right <laughs> I just want to make sure that there's enough listeners out there right so I'm certainly not going to um, to charge in the foreseeable future because if I charge I'm going to eliminate the marginal listeners uh, particularly the young people who are the most important right so so anyway I mean whatever it is that, that you're defining as success know that you want it and and know that you can absolutely get it. It may involve doing things that make you feel uncomfortable, but recognize that you have a great passion to be in love. You have a great capacity to be in love. You certainly deserve it, and, uh, and, and you can get it uh, if you just make sure that you begin to unhook this wiring to do with cynicism and, and scorn and rejection. Because you're strong enough and independent enough now that you can take rejection for what it is, right, which is bad people trying to hurt you. Oh, sure, sure. That makes sense. Well, I guess it's back to the phone book. <laughs> oh, so starting with the A's. Oh, trying to find another therapist. 
Yeah, and I'm sorry, but certainly you can... Um, I only went through... I did one before I found the one that I liked, and the one that I liked actually was recommended to me by an ex-girlfriend who was also in therapy. But, um, um, yeah, it, it, you'll know in the first meeting, right? Whether you feel energized, whether you feel enthusiastic and so on, uh, you'll know in the first meeting. Yeah, I, I st stuck around with the therapist I had because, you know, I didn't didn't know what to expect and I didn't want to make any snap judgments and uh, you know cuz I wasn't sure if it wasn't working because of me or it wasn't working because of him or you know and that's that's the challenge that you know Greg just between you and I this is the challenge that you need to work out which is that you're right that's a good point right you're right I mean, the, the, this is the great leap, and it, it almost sounds like a leap of faith, but it's not, right? Because uh, you're, you're right. I mean, if, if you're not enjoying therapy, you're right. If you're attracted to someone, you're right. If you are attracted to someone, then find out that they're not attractive to you. I mean, just when is it that we get to be certain, right? Is it when we're 60 or 70 or 80 or like three minutes before we die, we finally get to feel certain? <laughs> like, just take it now. If you're going if you, if, if to, if, if certainty is something that you'd like, then just take it now. Right? I mean, you're not a bad guy. It's not like if you say, you know, everyone says, well, gee, if we, if we get rid of the state, everyone's going to go haywire, which is not true, of course, right? Right. Uh, and and if, you, if you accept that you're just right about things, you're not going to go haywire. You're going to go haywire if you keep doubting yourself, right? Because it's going to be very frustrating for you in your life. Um, oh, yeah. That's but just accept that you're right. a very haywire way to live. Yeah, no, it's no fun, right? It's like you're just forever doubting, and, and it's like you, you step on a carpet thinking it's quicksand the whole time, right? That's just kind of crazy making, right? Yeah. So um, I would just, you know, this, this, this is what you can get out of this therapy thing, and it's a great thing to get out of it, I mean, uh, which is that you're, you're right, you know. If you're not enjoying it, it's because you've got a bad therapist. If and you're not enjoying a date, it's because the person is not uh, good. It's more than just not enjoying it. I wasn't, I wasn't learning anything. I wasn't... Uh... Right, in which case you're, you're with a boring, empty person. Right, you, you you're just right. There's nothing wrong with you. Oh man, you're you're right uh, about what you think and what you feel. How, how and, do and, people like that become therapists? Just boggles my mind. I mean, he was completely boring and empty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He had nothing to say. I was two steps ahead of him every time. And look, you you are going to be a challenge because you're you're very smart and you're very sensitive, right? So. You're gonna you're gonna need a, a very good therapist, and uh, um, you you can probably even get it from the phone call, right? There's nothing wrong with saying you know um, uh, these are my issues, this and that. And if you if you don't feel engaged over the phone when you're setting up the appointment, just say um, I'm gonna think about it and I'll I'll give you a shout back. <sighs> That's how right you can be, you know. There's um, uh, what's this book? Blink. It may be worth picking. It's amazing. You know, people can pick up in two and a half seconds of a professor's voice how popular that professor is. And, and the, they, they just all they hear is two and a half seconds of that professor's voice. And they know exactly how popular that professor is with a gauge that includes a full year uh, detailed evaluation by his students. And it's almost exactly the same with two and a half seconds of listening to the professor's voice. Wow. You can be that correct. Wow. You know that uh, you had me at hello. Oh, what's that great line? Uh, <laughs> when uh, 
when uh, uh, I think Jason Alexander is trying to pick up someone in the film Shallow Hell, and she, t- you had me at Get Lost, you know. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? But but literally, you can um, you can be that uh, sensitive and aware and that efficient that you'll know in like five seconds whether or not it's the right therapist for you, and you'll know uh, in th- two seconds whether or not you're interested in dating someone. I've I, you know I've I've already kind of had that sense in certain social situations that I could tell in less than a minute whether I was welcome or not. You know, right. Without and anybody that, even ever saying anything. Right. You know. And you could probably do it in less than that time. You're probably just still flexing your muscles this way. But, you know, it's like the first time I read Rant, the first time I podcasted, maybe the first time you listened. You just get... That, that it's something that's positive and works, or, or you don't, right? And you, we have this incredible horsepower within us, right? This incredible, I mean, we don't need to pray to a god. We've got all of that capacity within us, and we've got all of this, you know, pseudo-psychic. It's all just observational and unconscious power, but uh, we can get all of that sort of stuff. And you can be incredibly efficient when it comes to dating, right? You just have to trust your gut. Yeah, I was uh, watching a clip that Jake, I think Jake posted on the board about this guy that, um, these two advertising execs, he had hired these two advertising execs to do a project for him. And um, uh, he, he, he didn't tell them what the project was until they got to the office. But he picked them up in his cab, and he took them to the office by his route. And then once he got them to the office, he said, okay, this is what I want you to do. And he showed him a picture. He showed him. Uh, he pulled back these uh, fake doors, and there was a little uh, window box with, um, well, not little. It was f- floor sized with a stuffed bear and a stuffed eagle, right? Yeah. And he says, "Okay, I I own a chain of taxidermy stores. I want you to come up with." and add a tagline for me, right, with some pictures in it and that sort of stuff. And they drew this picture of, I think they called it uh, Animal Heaven or something like that, right? And it had a picture of a teddy bear with a lyre, and it right. had, had a picture of um, uh, these, these eagle wings down in the corner with a little crest and a slogan over the crest, right? And so the guy, after they were done, he says, okay, that's nice, that's great. Now let me show you what I did, right? And and he had already drawn this up, right? And put it in an envelope and sealed it. So he goes, let me show you what I did. Opens the envelope, and what he had was almost identical to what the ad execs had come up with in their little brainstorming session, right? And then, th- then he shows you video footage of the cab ride from their hotel to the office, and he pauses the video where he had planted certain visual images all along the route, like the, the pearly gates that were in the drawing. He had a team of schoolgirls wearing sweaters that had that pearly gates image on it, and right. the, the lyre was placed... In corner shop windows all along the way, like 
every other shop window was a, there was a, a, a actual liar in the window. It right. was kind of weird. So the the point being that you know a lot of people want to attribute that to you know psychic phenomenon and that kind of thing, and and it's it was all in their subconscious. They right, already right. knew what he wanted because he was planting it in their subconscious all the way over. Right. 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 No, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that we pick up in store, I mean, the, the brain is just absolutely astounding. And if, if you sort of mull over the incredible journey that you took from being a kid to where you are now without making a single life catastrophe and, and without even making any serious errors of any kind. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it is literally like watching somebody... Uh, dance across a landmine on a tightrope, blindfolded with no training, and and be perfect at it. Like like that Popeye commercial with the little baby on the. Uh... Yeah, that's exactly right, and there's a reason why that sort of sticks. You're totally right. That's a fantastic image, and that sticks with us because that is, uh, that's accurate. I mean, that that's how we do it, and it's it's all innate within us, right? It's like puberty. I mean, I didn't even know what the, what the hell was coming next. It's like, bang, okay, I guess I'm a guy now, right? I mean, like, I, I've grown up, and it's just the body does this all. It goes nicely, so. So that's, that's part of the instincts that we need to trust, and that's where philosophy, I think, really has uh, some enormous power for us. Right. Because we, once we have evidence, we can trust our instincts, because we can always validate our instincts with evidence. Like once we have logic and reason and philosophy and all this, then right, it's something to hang your hat on, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of, I kind of gravitated toward it. For right, some right, because right. you know it's it's kind of an anchor, you know. Sure, it allows us to be confident because we can always change our minds for good reason. Right, and it also allows you to know that you have good reasons for why. Right. You have the opinions you have. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, and I mean, I think as far as love goes and all that, I think you can do a lot to um, uh, to make this uh, productive for yourself just by trusting your instincts and trusting that you know exactly what you need to do and there's not going to be uh, a massive amount of confusion and, and this and that. Uh, you, you'll sort of I get done what you need to get done in the same way that you manage to navigate all the way from a brutal, indifferent, boring, and retarded childhood, right, as far as your family went, you navigated all the way without a single catastrophe, right, uh, without making a single mistake, uh, when, when legions of people around you were making enormous numbers, uh, enormous amounts of mistakes. Oh, it was... Uh, that's amazing. Frightening. <laughs> Watching people falling, you know, off the road throughout my uh, life. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And that's something that, uh, once you get how amazing a feat that is, uh, and, and how so few people did it, right? That's why I keep telling you, this is the intelligence and sensitivity. I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, this is an important thing, that you really did an incredible thing, uh, as far as that went. And uh, you made it all the way with, you know, incredible odds against you. Like, nobody would bet on that, right? Saying, oh, here's somebody who's not going to make uh, any significant mistakes and is going to get all these... Uh, you know, is going to be able to, is going to get all the way through it without uh, making any huge mistakes. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. No, but there were plenty of predictions to the opposite. And that's, sure. and that's pretty telling, too, 
given w what I was saying earlier. Right. right. They that, were that they were hoping that... they were hoping for me to validate their um, view of reality. Right. Right. Their predictions, because as we know, right, that the, the the core of life and the core of almost all social interactions is this grim and, and ugly basic philosophical war, right, between truth and fantasy. And those of us who are sort of committed to the truth side of things, uh, we uh, keep forgetting just how the fantasy thing is, is so dominant for people and how much there is this war, and this war is very much uh, set up in your family, uh, how much this war uh, really affects, affects things. And uh, that is uh, something that once we get that, it's so much easier to see the shape of life and, and sort of how it works and, and what happened for us. And, uh, you know, the, the, it is sort of like an Iron Man novel in a way, if that sort of makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, kind of. But... Somewhat. And so, yeah, I think. I mean, I think. I think you can get it. I think you can do it. I mean, it's certainly something that that uh, I want for you, right? I mean, you should definitely breed. Breed, <laughs> my brother. Breed. <laughs> well, one step at a time. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Actually, yeah, that's uh, that last one's a bit of a doozy, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's definitely something that uh, yeah. you should, how, uh, how you did... should think of as possible. How did John Cleese put it? Uh, what about just a nice little kiss first? Huh? Right, 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 <laughs> right. So is that uh, is that helpful? I mean, I know that you were sort of humming and hawing about uh, about the talking about it and all, but uh, is that something that uh, well, is, uh, the, the, helpful? I, I think it has been. Um, I'm certainly not as tenses when I started. Good. And and that's one of the reasons why I was kind of hemming high. I, I didn't want to waste your time and my time, you know. Right. If this right. was something that you know, couldn't if I couldn't come to some kind of conscious resolution about it, then then it, it would kind of be a not a waste of time, but something that probably would, would have been better dealt with elsewhere, right? Right, right. No, and I mean, it's uh, something that I think it would take a fairly... I mean, the problem with therapists is they're not trained in philosophy. Right. right. So, I mean, one of the things that I can do, I mean, just because, you know, I've sort of been... I've been through a lot of therapy and I've also studied a lot of philosophy is that I can uh, sort of talk about this kind of stuff in, uh, I think, a way that is less uh, common. Right? Therapists, that's why um, when I, this guy who had the PhD student problem... Um, that I was able to sort of give him some real help because I at least could explain it where he was in terms that made sense philosophically as well as psychologically. So the problem is that uh, they wouldn't have the same understanding of your personal history relative to the philosophical revolution that you're sort of part of. And I mean, that's at least something that I can sort of bring to right. uh, bring to bear that I hope is helpful. That, and, that, and that is kind of a, a, a huge help. Yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, now that you have a direction, a regular old therapist could probably do some great stuff with it. Now you say, well, you know, I've got some self-esteem issues because you know, my family just <laughs> messed around with me. You don't have to sort of get into the whole sort of philosophical war of it all, but, I mean, they'll certainly understand the psychological uh, aspects of the family history aspects right. of it. Right, and that's, that was kind of 
tough for me. I I could never get comfortable enough with this guy to really start digging deep into the family history and all of that. No, and you were totally right about that, I bet. Yeah. Which is which is kind of strange because you would think that that would be the case with you know, just somebody you meet on the internet, right? <laughs> right, right. Spilling right. your guts to some guy over Skype, right? Right, right, right. But, but uh, that all depends on that's that's again that's your gut, right? I mean, obviously you wanted to, you wanted to deal with this because if you end up not wanting a relationship, that's totally fine. But you want to do it out of choice, not out of fear, right? Right, and that's that's fundamentally what I'm trying to figure out. Right, right. Fear is the opposite of freedom, right? You choose and so on. Right. right. All right, dude. Well, I'd better get myself... Oh, my God, it's almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'd better get myself off to bed. I hope that this was helpful. And, and look, I mean, if you want to chat more, just, just let me know, right? I mean, this is not just about, ooh, you got me a notebook or anything like that. I mean, I think that you deserve all of the great and wonderful things in life. And, uh, you know, you've obviously... Uh, I mean, you're a huge part of the community and all this and that, which I think is wonderful. But uh, I think the other aspect is that, you know, you're just a great guy and you should get what you, uh, what you uh, deserve. Well, I I appreciate that stuff, um, and I, I didn't I didn't mean to disparage the 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 offer at all. Uh, no, you just wanted to avoid actually having the possibility of love. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, he's not going to make me do any more love stuff, is he? Oh my God, the horror! <laughs> well, now it's just a matter of. Uh, uh, taking the next step, I guess. Taking the next step, yeah. I mean, uh, don't uh, don't end up not having love because you're your family. That would really suck, and that would be a kind of victory that these uh, idiots shouldn't shouldn't have. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but that's really not. I mean, even if I was, I mean, completely healthy or whatever. I mean, ultimately, that's not up to me. No, that's not. But it it should it should be up to you relative to whether it's fear or not that that is what causes what's causing it. Right, right, exactly. right. It, it, if it doesn't happen because of fate, then it doesn't happen because of fate. But that's a whole lot different than it not happening because of fear. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I well, uh, I taped this not, of course, to do with anything to do with the podcast, but just because. Uh, this may be something that would be worth replaying for you uh, at some point uh, or uh, having some access to again. So I'll send this to you. Uh, obviously, it's totally personal and all that, so I'm not going to do anything else with it, but uh, I'll send it to you just for your own funsies. I, I appreciate that. 